0: Be the whiskey. You got like one in a million. Like, if you want a special life, special things are going to happen to you. That's, I can guarantee that.
1: Hey, friend, it's David Nabinsky here in Brooklyn. Here at the Portfolio Curve podcast, we help you take ownership of your career and design the life that you want to live. Today's conversation is a really special one with Mari Andrew. She's the author of Am I There Yet and My Inner Sky? two books which we talk about in this episode. She writes a newsletter on Substack called Out of the Blue. In addition to her writing, you may have seen her heart-centered illustrations, particularly her Mother's Day posts that went viral, among many others. She has over 900,000 followers on Instagram with the handle by Mari Andrew. In this live podcast mixer episode, you'll learn about creating work that is specific and unique compared to general cultivating wisdom versus seeking more information, Mari's creative process, Mari's 2023 theme that she wrote about in her substack. that she has everything she needs, and so much more. This episode was recorded live in front of an audience in Brooklyn, where you'll literally hear from people asking questions where I hand them the mic. And podcast was produced in collaboration with my friends, Rachel Cantor and Kyle Heggie, who run an event series called Oddly Specific. You can learn more at oddlyspecific.norby.live. As always, this episode with timestamp notes is available on my website at portfoliocareerpodcast.com. There you can subscribe to my sub stack called Portfolio Career. So excited for you to build and grow your portfolio career. Here we go with Mari. Mario, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: <laughs> OK, um, so tell us about how you got started with watercolor, um, a daily challenge uh, for a year. Maybe we start there. Yeah. Tell us that story.
0: Nice. It hasn't, it's, it's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. It's like, how did that start? Um, Because I want to say it started so far before that. Um, I've always used creativity to help myself, um, like as a ladder to lift myself out of things and as a bridge to connect myself to people. Because I sort of feel like an island and I sort of feel like I'm in a well an yeah. island at the bottom of a well. So there's a ladder and there's a bridge component component. And so I've always used creativity that way since I was a little a little one. Um, and after my father died, I went through quite a um, period of isolation and I just had really no way I felt like I was then at the deepest part of the well and at the most far island and I didn't want to talk to anybody so I decided to do watercolors as a way to sort of lift myself up and push myself out toward the world one day at a time so I decided to do that for a year and then it went beyond
1: (laughs) (laughs) uh where did it go Mm. Where
0: did it go? Gosh, I don't know. I still don't really know. Um, I was putting my work on Instagram, and people started following. That wasn't an intention of mine, but it was um really a dream come true to be communicating with people because I've always I've never known what I wanted to do mm. when I grew up, and still don't. But I've always known I wanted to be a communicator of some sort, and so to communicate to people, to this audience, was like, wow, I mean, I still can't believe it. I still have, (laughs) I I can't, I can't believe it. It's like unbelievable to me.
1: Hmm. So to the creators that are here, you'll never know where your work will go.
0: Yeah, you know, I think you have to be so not attached to the outcome. And I know that's so hard. It's so hard because now doing this for work, I'm more attached to the outcome than ever because Mm. I literally have to pay myself. (laughs) So it's like the outcome is making money. And I mean, I could talk about that for days and days, but um, I was so unattached to the outcome. And I think that's why I was able to speak so freely and Mm. so um, like, Every day when I did it, I came with such gratitude that I was even mm. able to do it. And um, once I started connecting with people, that was like the biggest bonus. Every single person was such a phenomenal connection, and and I just couldn't have I couldn't have had that a goal attached to that, mm. or it never would have worked.
1: And so it, it has been working. Uh, and uh, your, your, your two of your books are right here. Um, And so tell us about how the Instagram posts were also related to like rejection letters because, (laughs) uh, (laughs) uh, so tell us about like those rejection letters and kind of the transition from, Instagram posts to to writing and yeah.
0: yeah yeah great question um I've been rejected in every area of my life more than I think anyone <laughs> I feel like it's like a full-time job <laughs> being rejected and I've gotten so good at it and uh one way that I dealt with that was simultaneously drawing a watercolor a day for Instagram I was painting all the rejections that I got in in er- every area of my life And once I started um, illustrating and people were connecting, then I tapped into an old dream of writing a book. And I always thought, I'll write a book when I'm 70 and I've lived a life and I have things to say, but I felt like, you know what, I have something to say right now so I want to do it. Um, I emailed, I mean, probably like hundreds of people. I ultimately got 40 rejections from publishers, but, you know, agents and magazines and like bobsblog.net were like no payment. Everyone was like, no, who cares about your story? And um, Um, so i started painting the rejection letters like for fun and posting them and i just wanted to show people like this is it and this is what happens and it's beautiful that you're protected from so many people who weren't really meant to work with you so it's still really hard i got i just got rejected last week from a publisher but um you know it's so uh, you're if you're really authentic to who you are of course not everyone's gonna connect it's impossible.
1: How how do you kind of overcome rejection, or do, since is there a way to? Or
0: yeah, I mean, I think I always used to use this um, this little like visual to help me that if a waiter brings different beverages to the table, and obviously I'm a beverage fan from <laughs> the multiple temperatures of water I have here. Um, Everyone's going to be fine with water. Water is palatable to everyone. And it's like fine. No one's excited about it. Um, The waiter might bring coffee. And maybe like most of the table is into it. But um, I mean, I love coffee, but I don't think anyone's like... You know, gasping with with excitement over it, um, and then some people don't like it, and people like it in different ways. Yeah. But if a if a waiter brings like a shot of like really good whiskey, maybe one person at the table will appreciate it, but they're gonna appreciate it way more than they would water. So there's a lot of water out there that doesn't get rejected. Because it's like, fine. But the more specific you are and the more authentic you are and the more singular your voice is, it's like most people won't like it. But the ones who do connect to it are going to connect really hard. So I always try to think like, I'm just writing for one person right now. I'm not writing for like hundreds or even like a, a team of publishers. I'm writing to one person who I want to speak to.
1: Hmm. What Be the whiskey. <laughs> the whiskey. <laughs> Okay, and so then, um, so then, you started also writing, and then you wrote this 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 book, the, your first book. Yep. Um, and while you were writing that book, something happened, right?
0: Yes. <laughs> I <I'm> like what? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um,
1: you got sick. Yes. Um, tell us about that story.
0: Yeah. So I was living my best life. I, oh my gosh, I had never. Me. I never had a job above minimum wage in my life. I'd always worked like overlapping several jobs, um, didn't have money to travel. And finally, I, I got this book deal and I had enough money to travel um, for a month and I was going to write my book in Spain. And that was really uh, just dazzling and wonderful and really like life couldn't get more perfect which is like when life decides to give you a little curveball and um while I was taking flamenco lessons there I suddenly just couldn't feel my legs or couldn't move Mm -hmm. them very well and I thought damn I'm getting to be a really good dancer like I'm (laughs) so strong but I was actually slowly being paralyzed by a um Autoimmune disease, very rare, but you know, be the whiskey. You got like one in a million. Like, if you want a special life, special things are going to happen to you. That's, I can guarantee that. Um, like, you're signing up for it. So, um, slowly paralyzed. Um, I was in a hospital in Spain for a month, uh, paralyzed from the neck down. And then, um, took a, about 6 months to learn how to move again which is actually really difficult mm. <laughs> like it's not like walking is not that intuitive and um there was a time i was just remembering the other day cuz i love walking so much where i thought i'm just never going to enjoy walking again cuz it's mm. so hard it's so hard to learn how and i just don't enjoy this and so now you know i have to remember how badly I wanted to walk and now I take it for granted when I'm like, damn, there's like two more blocks <laughs> like I have to go. So um yeah, that was a an ego death of sorts and also a portal to sort of a new way of creating.
1: Able to share about that new portal <laughs> yes. or what uh I mean it seems like uh your work started changing from a little bit of like <laughs> being more about creating for yourself and then it was you were tapping into some other Uh, feelings. Um, You want to talk about that?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think I I stopped. I think it was the way that I saw my own work that changed. I think it was the first time I saw creativity as a way to um, be of service to people, which I don't think I had recognized that before, even though That's how it's always been for me. I always wanted to give people the feeling that I got when I read my favorite books. You know, that was like something that I wanted to pass along. But um, because I was in such a a bleak place, um, I could really write from that in a way that I wasn't able to before. And really thinking I would probably never get better. I mean, I was just like very hopeless. And so um, being able to be of service to people by helping them feel seen, I think, um, became like a new mission for me during that time. And I felt like my work was a little more important to me than it had been and and maybe important to others also.
1: Yeah. So what is, so it seems you you kind of hinted at like an evolution of like, initially you were creating just to be creating, following your curiosity and writing and stuff, and then it kind of shifted to helping people feel seen. What, 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 what is that? Is there a different creative process or like, what is, how do you like change from like, Hey, I'm creating to share some ideas to then like, I'm trying to help people be less alone. Like how, how do you kind of think about that?
0: Yeah. Again, I don't think I could have been so attached to the outcome Mm -hmm. of like, I want to make people feel less alone today, but I knew that by um, really like, kind of harrowing my soul like getting into the nitty-gritty of my soul I knew I knew that I couldn't be alone in what I was feeling and it, it became less about like a way to for me to connect to others and more like a way for me to bring others to me um so it was that bridge kind of going the other way it was like I need you guys to come into my world because I feel so isolated right now and again, I, I wouldn't have wanted to say like, oh, I'm, I'm going to help people today. But I think anytime anyone's honest, um, they end up giving people some sort of permission. And especially, you know, I was on social media at that time. I was big, like not big on Instagram, but I was in, I was posting a lot on Instagram. Um, and I remember feeling very much like, my little mission, my like mission net was to talk to the people who weren't being talked to on Instagram. So for example, there was a post I made about Mother's Day and I made it with the thought that like, who's not being seen today? Like who's, Mm. who's being missed? And so sometimes I would, I was really like tapped into the zeitgeist at that time. I was very online. I was really like seeing the conversations that were going on and I thought, what's not being said? like who's being missed and I'm going to talk to them today. So that became sort of my, my mission and and the way that I, I was able to think of it as a service.
1: Damn. Um, so it sounds, it sounds like this also being like very aware um, and really kind of being aware about yourself and also what other people are thinking about or going through. And I, I have this quote from somewhere um from another podcast which was uh somewhere but it was uh, our greatest healer and our greatest teacher is the discipline of paying attention
0: oh did I say that
1: yeah <laughs>
0: oh. <laughs> like what's this podcast um yeah totally yeah I agree with that <laughs>
1: Do you want me to repeat it? Our greatest healer and our greatest teacher is the discipline of paying attention.
0: Yes. I do agree with that. Yes. Yes. I cosign, I co-sign that.
1: So what what is um, like how 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 are you able to like pay so close attention to what is going on in the world or what people are going through? Yeah, how how do you kind of tap into that?
0: I just think that's the most important thing that we can do um you know looking at this this little crowd beautiful crowd tonight I'm I'm remembering um growing up in the church and we would have these like small groups and I haven't had that experience in a long time but this is reminding me the really nice part of it which is like very intimate sharing in a really intimate group and um and I think what we were doing at, during, like the best part of those moments, the very best thing that religion can teach you is how to pay attention. And I think from a really young age, that was the thing that I so resonated with in the church was like, you pray, you talk about things that are going on, like every, you know, the whole range of of what you're feeling and um, and there's this... Like need and this this uh, commandment to like be aware, like be awake and let things break your heart and let let things move you. And so I've always felt like very in touch with that experience. And now that's that's like how I pray or that that's how I engage with the world. That's how I like give my thanks to my own existence. Like that's how I thank the creator for. Uh, this world and this life is like I pay attention to it and that means that I'm going to pay attention to the sorrows with equal you know like diligence equal stare as as the as the beautiful things um and um and the boredom too and and the monotony and the disappointments and and to really like savor those because that's what I I feel very strongly that's what we're here to do
1: Hmm. is there any more to that (laughs) <laughs> <Mm-mm>.
0: no. <laughs> <laughs> no i do think when when people ask me like how should i know like what i'm doing with my life i think God, don't ask me but <laughs> i would say pay attention to it mm. pay attention to it because your life knows how it wants to be lived like I mean, this is very tied to my, to my theme. Like I have everything I need inside. I don't, there's no one who's going to tell me what to do. My, you know, listen to your life, pay attention to your life, listen to your soul. And that's going to be what guides you. There's, there's no one else, no other voice. No one's been on earth so much longer than you that they know more about the world than you do (laughs) like you know you know as much as anyone about the world and you know more about your life than anyone so pay attention pay attention to things that disgust you repulse you Mm. make you proud make you want to jump you know every every little thing and everything that has life too
1: yeah and so the theme that's um how many years have you been uh, having, like, an annual theme?
0: Oh, like, ever, forever. <laughs> Came out of the womb. I was like, what's my theme? Um, probably, like, since high school. Wow.
1: And so the current one, the 2023 one that you wrote about in your Substack stack called Out of the Blue, um, was I have everything that I need. Mm-hmm. And you've recently said, I think that that's going to be your, like, you really like Life. that. One. Yeah. Uh,
0: Yes. Yeah, it's going well. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I thought about that because I have this really beautiful life. And um, I'm very much uh, always looking to the external. This is a habit that's not great of mine. Um, Looking outward, looking for what's missing. I can always tell you what's missing at any time and I often also give my power away like I I so often give my power away to people to people I admire but also just like random people and it's like if they don't if they don't like what I'm doing or if they have another opinion or I'll very often um, like give away my agency or like you know, people online, or I think, oh, my favorite influencer isn't saying what I think they should say. That's giving away my power. That's Mm -hmm. like having a codependent relationship with the internet. Um, and (laughs) I, you know, it's like, if they're not serving me in this way, I'm going to be upset. And it's like, I don't need that. I know how I feel. I know how I think. Um, again, like I, I listened to my soul and I think I was getting really lost in that. And I, it was taking me away from how beautiful my life is. Um, and so that was how it started. And then it's kind of evolved into so many other things, like just um, learning so much more about self-trust, intuition, especially as I kind of you know, step away from Instagram and do other things that's really um, hard and not popular with people who can make money on me but um you know it's it's very much like i i know what i'm doing and i have such a strong feeling about that and that's because i've taken this time to really hone my intuition and hone in my self trust instead of just constantly like giving my own power away to other things
1: is there a way that people here could learn like cultivate that same thing that self awareness
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. For sure. (laughs) I mean, like one thing I stopped doing is buying self-help books. And Mm. I love self-help books. And, you know, they they help me. They help (laughs) myself so much. But I just thought, you know what? I need a break. I need to know. I need to put into action what I already know I already know so much stuff there's not going to be one thing like my friend sent me a podcast yesterday about like what we should be eating for breakfast I was like oh my gosh I I if I like if I have I've changed what I eat for breakfast a hundred billion times and my life has never like gotten significantly better for it and so I can't have like one more secret like there's no more information that we need we are a culture that has so much information and so little wisdom. And if we're going to cultivate that wisdom, we have to stop like reaching for information. Like another example is if I find something that really works for me, like some like health thing or fitness, whatever, I will like if I, if it makes me feel good, I'll research like the benefits of it. And it's like, why am I researching the benefits when I literally feel them? Like, I know that it feels nice to do this. And it's just like, again, giving your power away, like trying to get someone else to prove for you what you already know. Um, So just these little things. And then also like, really just feeling into your yeses and nos. And I know that's like in the zeitgeist right now, and we've probably seen a million Instagram carousels about like saying yes and no, but I, it is such a hard thing to really get in touch with. And um, so much of it is in the body and we are so trained in every way to forget our bodies and reject our bodies. So like, Feeling into my yes and no, um, which is what I did when I got your email. Like, I don't do a lot of stuff that I get asked to do. And i you gave, you sent me a video. And I was like, this guy is in, is like down. Like, he is, he's, he's making this happen. Like, you have such a high vibe and so much integrity. And like, mm. I could feel, I could, my body reacted to that. And then there are ones that my body doesn't do that. For, so, um, yeah, just being, you know, clear on your yeses and nos and um and that that self-trust always goes back to you know best.
1: Shit. Um <laughs> I'm going to turn it over to other people now. Um thank you, Mari. Uh that means a ton. Um but yeah, I um so if anyone's got a question, uh I'll hand you the mic. Um and you can just come up and then I've got some more questions, but I just wanted to pause for a little bit. Uh, Thank you, David. Hey, Mari, great to meet you. Hi. Um, so, my question is about the 365 days of watercolors that you did. How was your mindset different after doing a watercolor every single day compared to day zero when you hadn't posted a single watercolor at all?
0: Oh, I love that. Um, so many things changed. So many things changed because. By doing a watercolor every day, I was doing something that made me really happy. And um, just it was a physical thing for me. It wasn't even like the expression itself. It was literally watercolor makes me feel good. It's very soothing. Um, And so, you know, like so many things in life, it's a domino. It's when you are putting your own joy on the calendar and saying, I'm going to do this at this hour it makes you do other things differently. Like, then it's like, if I'm prioritizing my own joy for five minutes, maybe I can prioritize my own joy in other ways. Maybe I'm going to, you know, start a hobby I've always wanted to start, which is what happened. I started a ton just because I was doing this thing. It's like, I might as well, I might as well take these Brazilian dance classes and I might as well learn how to surf. I might as well, you know, uh, dress the way that I want. It it just felt like if I'm claiming this time, what else can I claim for myself? Um, and then I think beyond that, it just made me so much more engaged with, the world, um, like I said, I was in a very isolated place, and by sort of reaching out and extending, um, I felt like I could extend in so many other ways. I could be brave in other ways, and because I was also, you know, hearing from strangers, it really um, like brought me to new corners of my brain. It was like I'm. I'm learning from people I never thought I would learn from, and and I, there's this like actual community of human beings who are, who I'm interacting with, and that just brought me so much like closer to aliveness than I had been before. Um, you talked about how everything that. Is sort of meant to happen like the wisdom is in your body like mm-hmm. you know and it's, it's kind of all up to you and I wonder how you couple that I'm also recently realizing this and I wonder how you manage that not feeling exhausting and that not feeling like sort of a lonely existence when you realize that no one else can make the decisions for you mm-hmm. and how you kind of balance those two things totally yeah yeah I mean this is so Yes, <laughs> that's a great question because <laughs> this speaks to something that has been a challenge with my little mantra, I have everything I need, because does that mean I'm going to quit therapy? Does that mean I'm going to quit, you know, work with uh, my yoga teacher? Uh, you know, am I going to stop verbally processing with my friends? No, not at all, <laughs> not at all. Um, but it's, it's more like, I guess, coming from a place of, I was coming from a place of lack before. And that's what I was trying to work with is, is not coming from a place of lack, but coming from a place of, I have everything I need. So I'm going to, you know, uh, talk about it with my therapist, or I'm going to, you know, um, verbally process and see if I can get some ideas on how to do this. I'm making a big decision right now. And Uh, I was just talking to a friend about it and she really like enriched the decision with so many more nuances and uh, ways to do it really intentionally and meaningfully and I'm so grateful I have these people in my life. Um, As far as like the body wisdom, to me it's like so the opposite of loneliness because it connects me to every living thing. Um, It reminds me that I'm an animal and I, since like, really thinking about that really believing myself to be an animal I feel so much more connected to not only all humans but just like all life like I feel I know that I know that people know this (laughs) I don't think I'm very late I think to learning this but like I am connected to a potato bug like that is a life, you know, and I, like, I've stopped killing bugs, I've stopped, like, taking life, because I feel like, you know, I'm this living thing, and I'm just an animal, I'm just, um, guided by my body, and I have such beautiful animal instincts, and I also have really ugly animal instincts, and so do all humans, and so do all bugs, and mosquitoes are the only ones I'm allowed to kill, but, um... (laughs) but because they're not I'm not connected to them on any level um but it it is that like I think there's such a gentleness it's actually again like the opposite of exhausting it's so gentle it's so gentle because you realize your body is like responding to so many environmental factors and so you need to protect yourself I'm so much more aware of my nervous system and what I need like just you know um being so much more caring to myself so like loving and um David just like complimented me on asking for what I needed and Mm -hmm. and I my my three types of water and I I don't think (laughs) I would have done that a year ago like Mm -hmm. I think I would have been too shy or think I don't want I don't want to bother anyone you know but I it's like my my animal self needs that and um I'm going to respect other animal selves so it's actually been like the most restful work of my life to put myself there
1: and you're thinking about the animal stuff a lot more it might be your next book
0: oh yes yes I hope yes yes I'm yes <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope it, it's, it will be published soon. yes that's the <laughs> I hope a lot of things. yeah
1: um, I haven't really thought about how to phrase this. I'm just going to vomit it. Uh, you were talking about rejection earlier and being authentic and how that's kind of a compass, right, to understanding how to navigate rejection. I think something that often for me feels like an interesting in-between is feedback, particularly from people that you like care about or are close to. It's like a little mini rejection, right? You're like, it was good, but like not quite good enough or this enough. Um, And so I'd be curious how, I think sometimes in those moments in particular, I feel like it's really hard to understand The very fine line between, should I change or improve? Is that improvement if I change? Versus, should I continue to be authentically me in this way?
0: That is like a stunning question. And I think, I think sort of a question of the collective right now. Mm. Like, we are overcompensating for millennia of not having um, words for very real human experiences. But we're also getting really label happy. And I think people are claiming these labels for themselves um, as a way to keep themselves from vulnerability and intimacy rather than to connect them to people. Obviously, everyone is so different, but I'm just that's something that I'm seeing a lot. Um, Things like, I'm an introvert, so I'm not going to come, you know? And I think when it comes to feedback, it's such a vulnerable. Thing for for both people, I would imagine. <laughs> I um, I don't give a lot of feedback because I'm a people pleaser, so I don't really know what that's like. But I'm trying to imagine the the uh, journey of that, and in that, you know, I think so much of it is it's like being um, being really okay with taking your like. Examining your attachments that you have to your identity in different ways. You know, if someone is telling me, oh, like, for example, you're too quiet uh, and I say I'm an introvert. Um, If I if I reflect on my attachment to that identity and say, oh, yeah, that that is a way that I could be more connective with people or that is a way that I could make people feel better. um, I think. Taking it in means, like, detaching yourself from, like, who you think you are from the ego and switching that to, like, who you are in your soul. And, again, your body will know. Like, you really will know. I know when I'm speaking from the ego because I have, like, my body has this, like, defensiveness Mm. where I feel, um, like, I feel in my shoulders. Like, I feel hard. And when I'm coming from a soul-centered place, I'm soft. My whole like shell sort of like softens and I'm able to meet that vulnerability with my own. So I think like, you know, oh, just the easy thing of like dropping your ego. That's my question. That's like my answer to your question is just forgetting the ego. That's it. So yeah, easy peasy, right? But um but yeah, self-honesty, self-reflection, and, and not using so many ways to protect ourself um, that keep us actually from intimacy and vulnerability, which is so crucial for, for feedback. Also, letting the right people give you feedback, that's really important, it's really important. Having your board of directors and no one else.
1: <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh-
0: I think when I think about like writing and creating, I feel like we're often taught to create about things that have happened to us in the past that we've processed and that we've made sense of. Um, and I'm always very impressed with how you create about what you are currently experiencing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm wondering, A, if you think differently about how you're creating about things that are really in the rear view versus things that are sort of in your in your present or how you think about when you're ready to to create and and share something that's also such a great question you guys are making me think about like my life their like, questions <laughs> are better than mine I don't, no no <laughs> they're, they're all very very good they're beautiful um yeah i mean you're making me think about things that are really like important for me to think about mm. um how much are you charging for this? Um, <laughs> so I would say, like the the answer that comes to my head, and this is sort of a first draft answer, but um, just what immediately came up is I don't think I do create from what's currently happening to me, in the sense of when I write about something, it's always processed, and that means that I might have processed it a second ago, so it might be past, as in it happened at lunchtime, and I'm writing it at, you know, in the, in the evening, but it's always processed. It is, I say, like, my writing, if my life is a potato, then my writing is like a bag of potato chips. It's like the most processed version, so it's not, it's not my diary, it's not my texts, I'm not posting my screenshots, thank God. God, for all of you, I'm not posting my group chat. It's, um, there's no voice notes. You know, this is, it's work. It's, I'm, I'm posting work that I did. And it's work that I know is going to be seen. Um, and, you know, interpreted, misinterpreted, whatever. Um, that's t- completely out of my control. Um, but I, it's, it's always processed. And so I think I know when it's ready, like when it's processed. And I know that it's processed when, it's not vulnerable like a lot of people will say like oh your work is vulnerable it's not at all like it's completely it, it, it's work that I feel like distant from even if it happened you know today it's 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 a product for public people it's not it's not like my it's not my own processing <clears throat>
1: wow samana did you have one yeah.
0: You mentioned you're on a journey of developing your self-trust. But I'm curious how you went through that while still battling self-doubt and how those two were fighting against each other and ultimately self-trust hopefully won out by the end. But I'm curious how that journey was for you. Mm. Yeah, another great question. How was that journey for me? You guys are amazing. (laughs) Um, Again, what immediately comes up is everything about self-doubt is external stuff. Like, anytime I doubt myself, it's someone else's story. It's external everything. Self-trust is all internal. And it's really hard to know the difference. I mean, this is the thing about, like, ego versus soul. Like, it's actually really hard to know sometimes. It's like, am I acting from this, like, totally aligned place with the utmost of integrity? Or am I acting because, like, my mom wants me to do that? It's like, it's actually very hard to differentiate and um I think so I went on I had this really like kind of tremendous experience um when my second book came out it came out kind of during like mid-ish pandemic time like no in-person events or anything and I really loved writing this book it meant a lot to me and um The launch and the reception was really not what I wanted. And I was really, uh, I had a really, really hard time with that. Like, Mm. extremely, extremely hard. At the same time, it's like I was interning as a chaplain at a hospital, like, with COVID patients. And you think that I would have some perspective, but I would come home and just cry because, like, someone got something that I wanted, like another author got something I wanted, and I just feel so sorry for myself, and I think that I had to, and I, I really thought like my career is over, like no one cares what I have to say, I'm such a loser, like why did I ever think I could do this, and that, that went on for a couple months, and I would just cry every day, and just get like so, so, so jealous, and um, I think that was like one of the most important times of my life because I had to let that go like I had to kill that I had to kill that ego because I needed to come back to like why I do this um and so all of the self-doubt during that time it was all just shit that doesn't matter like People buy their way into the best-selling list. People buy their way into, like, everything is fake. Like, it doesn't matter. And I would get so jealous. And I, I knew how the sausage was made. I would still get so jealous. And, um, and think, oh, this person's, like, so much cooler than I am. And I'm not cool. And But it was all external. It was all that stuff. And I had to realize, like, this does not matter, and also i 've been on the bestseller list, and it doesn 't make you happy <laughs> it doesn 't it makes you happy for like a second, and then it 's like, oh, I have so many other things that are like i 'm insecure about um, so it 's like no, I have to focus on what makes me happy and and so the the doubt was all external, the trust was all internal and and that 's how I got there otherwise i I think without that ta- that like that rock bottom i, I don 't think I would have gotten here
1: um wow it's all fake um (laughs) I think this podcast is real but um (laughs) um so I guess um I know there's a lot more questions here and we'll let uh people chat um after this but um is there anything else that you like as you before you tell people where to go learn more about your work and stuff is there anything else you want to like final thought or something that you think more people should do
0: yes more people should go easy on themselves that is my thought (laughs) in any way you're being hard on yourself right now stop it stop it stop it no one knows again no one knows more than you do no one has more power than you do like go easy on yourself let it go relax
1: and where can uh, people stay in touch where can they learn more
0: uh, the best place these days is my newsletter, MariAndrew.substack.com. It's called Out of the Blue, and that's where my writing is.
1: Amazing! Let's give it up for Mari. Hey, friend! Thank you for tuning in to this special episode of Portfolio Career Podcast. Would love to hear what you learned and what you enjoyed. Um, You can find me on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, whatever is best for you. And as a reminder, I'm just one email away as well. This episode with timestamp notes is available on my website at PortfolioCareerPodcast.com. There you can subscribe to my newsletter called One Email Away, which includes the best insights from the podcast and friend-sourced opportunities. So excited for you to build and grow your portfolio career. Thank you so much.